economic, policy, and social issues? If so, this podcast is for you. My name is Shada Tamari, and I am an economics professor at the University of Wisconsin La Crosse and the host of the Econ Lens podcast. In this podcast, I'll summarize academic research on social issues. If you're looking for binary answers, you'll not find them here. If instead you're looking to question your presumptions and challenge your mindset, then you're at the right place. Let's start. The unintended consequences of ban the box, statistical discrimination and employment outcomes when criminal histories are hidden. This is a paper by two economists, Jennifer Doliak and Benjamin Hansen, who wanted to understand how ban the box policies affected employment opportunities of um, ex-offenders. Now, the ban the box policies are policies that call for employers to delay asking about an applicant's criminal history until late in the hiring process. These policies fall into three broad categories. There are some of them that target public employers, that is government jobs only, those that target private employers with federal contracts, and those that target all private employers. Now, a little bit of background. The first BTB law was implemented in Hawaii in 1998. And as of December of 2015, which uh, was a ballpark of the time that this paper was written, about 34 states plus District of Columbia had um, similar policies in place. Now, President Obama banned the box on employment for federal jobs in late 2015, and that was later extended to federal contractors and signed into law by President uh, Trump. Now, what are the goals of these policies? Well, the goal is to improve employment for those with criminal history. But there's also another goal, and that is to reduce racial um, disparities in employment. Because Black and Hispanic men are more likely to have criminal record, making a clean record a condition for employment really locks out a large number of Black and Hispanic men out of labor market, and it widens the already existing disparities in uh, employment between racial groups. Now, advocates of the BTB believe that if employers can't tell who has a criminal record, then those ex-offenders that are job ready, that have the skills, will have a better chance of getting an interview. And maybe during that interview, they can impress the employer and end up with a job. What matters so much is that connecting ex-offenders with jobs reduces the chance of them re-offending and going back to prison. And so it is really important. There's lots of evidence showing that it's really important for ex-offenders to have a job. Now, how did they uh, go about to answer that question? Well, first they got some data, and the data was from current population survey. The current population survey data is um, monthly data that is gathered by US Census. It surveys about 60,000 households, and it has a really high response rate of about 90%. And it asks a bunch of questions, including employment status, but also other information about the respondents, such as their age, sex, race, ethnicity, education level, and so on. Um, Now, the researchers limit their analysis to individuals who are either white, black, or Hispanic. And they also consider three levels of education, no high school diploma, no college degree, and college degree. Now, they get the data from um, the the current population survey from 2004 to 2014, so about 10 years of data. 
And uh, for each individual in that survey, they could also figure out where that person actually lives. So then they can figure out the jurisdiction, uh, whether the jurisdiction they lived in had the ban the box policy in place or not. If it did, then that individual was considered to be treated. In other words, the individual was in a place where the treatment of ban the box policy was in place. The primary group of interests were young, which means ages 25 and 34, low-skilled, which means no college degree, men of different racial groups. Um, the reason they focus on this uh, sort of demographic demographics was because that fit the profile of mo most criminal offenders and um, the current population survey doesn't have information about whether an individual has a criminal record or not and so if you want to be able to figure out what's the opportunity employment opportunity for people with criminal history you have to focus on those that are more likely to have a criminal history and that's why they focused on this uh, age and um, like low-skilled young men group because they're more likely to have criminal history now the question becomes how did they go about to answer the question of interest well, they use a strategy that is called difference and difference. And the way that it works is best explained by uh, a simple example where we only consider two states. Let's consider only state of Minnesota and Wisconsin. Let's assume that state of Minnesota adopts the ban the box policies in 2014 and state of Wisconsin does not. Now, what we can do is we can look at the employment rate of young black men, the population of interest, for example, or different racial groups, uh, young black men in general of uh, any racial group, and see how uh, the uh, employment of this group changed from before 2014 to after 2014. Any difference in employment can be partially because of the policy, but also partially because of some general trend changes in employment that was happening throughout the United States and would have happened regardless of this policy being in place or not. And that's the key, because if we want to isolate the impact of the policy, we got to figure out a way to estimate that trend that would have happened anyhow and subtract it out. How do we estimate that trend? Well, we use a different state like Wisconsin that never had the policy in place. And we look at the changes in employment rate of young men, young low-skilled men before and after in the state of uh, Wisconsin. And we see how that has changed. Any change in that employment cannot be due to the BTV because Wisconsin didn't adopt BTV. So it must be some trend changes in employment. So now, as long as we assume that trend changes in employment in Wisconsin are what the trend changes in Minnesota would have been absence of the policy, then we can just subtract these numbers from one another and get the impact of the policy. Now, what are these numbers? Well, before and after in Minnesota minus before and after of Wisconsin. And that would give us the impact of the policy. That's the heart of what the Defendiff uh, strategy does. Now, in this specific paper, we have a lot more than two states, and they adopted the different uh, the BTB policy at different times. And so, uh, it's not as simple, but the idea behind it is as simple. 
Now, what did they find? Well, they find that the BTB policies actually reduced the employment chances of uh, young, low-skilled black men. So the beneficiary of the BTB policies were young, low-skilled white men or older, um, low-skilled black men. And the reason for it is that in the absence of information about criminal histories, employers used race as a proxy for criminal history, a phenomenon that is known as statistical discrimination. This paper is just one among the many papers that look at the BTB uh, policies and how they impact the employment prospect of ex-offenders. However, one can say that the weight of empirical evidence suggests that the BTB policies do not improve the employment opportunities of ex-offenders, uh, or if they do, it's a very small impact and it's mostly observed in public sector. Putting the result of this paper together with what we learned in the last episode when we considered the labor market discrimination uh, for white sounding versus black sounding names it is actually interesting because it tells us something about the experience of uh, black men in the labor market whether they are ex-offenders or not something to think about mm -hmm.